We had read in our hearings verses 8 through 11. Uh, for emphasis sake, I would like to read verses 7 through 13. Romans chapter 15. Meet you at verse number 7, and we will terminate at verse 13. While you're turning there, I want all of our friends and guests to know that you are certainly our honored guests, and we look forward uh, to uh, sharing a little fellowship with you a little later and giving you a special thank you. The Bible says, Paul, Apostle Paul writes, Wherefore, receive ye one another as Christ also received us. Watch this now. To the glory of God. Yes, Turn to somebody and remind them it's all about God. Now, I say that Jesus Christ was a minister. Let me hear you say minister. minister. Of the circumcision for the truth of God to confirm the promises made unto the fathers. Watch this now. And that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. As it is written, for this cause, I will confess. Let me hear you say confess. I will confess to thee among the Gentiles and sing unto thy name. And again he said, watch this, rejoice ye Gentiles with his people. And again praise the Lord all ye Gentiles and laud him. Let me hear you say laud him. All ye people. And again Isaiah said there shall be a root of Jesse. And he that shall rise to reign over the Gentiles, in him shall the Gentiles trust. Turn to somebody and ask them, who do you put your trust in? Watch this now. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. You may be seated in the presence of God. I want to talk for the next few moments from the subject to praise or not to praise. To praise or not to praise. There is no theological mystery about this thing called praise. Oh, I know Central Point. I know the arguments on this uh, subject for today. Uh, some folks simply say it doesn't take all that. Uh, some folks says it's a sin to clap your hands while you're in church. Some folks says you should be still and be quiet and keep your foot in the house of God. Uh, but today I want to show you that again praise is no uh, mystery or theological conception. It is not a, a deep, uh, dark a uh, 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 hidden subject of nature, of the nature of God or concerning religious truth. I want you to understand that praise is as simple as it is spelled. It is simply equal to saying thank you. When we praise God, all we're trying to do is simply say thank you. Now, I want you to keep it real this morning. You and I both understand and we both know that sometimes the thank yous are more dramatic depending on the value of the gift. 
Y'all ain't saying nothing. It's not really who gives you what you get. Most of the time, our response or our appreciation uh, uh, reflects the nature of the, I wish I had some help. It reflects the nature or it reflects the, the value of the gift that is given. If somebody give you a box of pencils, you might simply say, oh, that's nice. Thank you so much. But now if they give you a box of gold plated pens, I think the response will be just a little bit better. If I walked down this aisle and gave out a dollar bill to everybody, I think you'll smile and say, oh, Brother Miles, thank you. Some of you might be so sadistic, say, oh, Brother Miles, that's all right. I don't know. You know, because you're thinking to yourself, if you're going to give me that, you can keep it. You Y'all ain't going to stay real in here. But if I walked down the aisle this morning and gave away some Benjamins, I think the response, Iris, will be just a little bit greater. If I walked out of these doors one Sunday and I had a box of keys in my hand and I started saying, you get a car, you get a car, you get a car. I think, uh, y'all ain't going to help me preach. I think the response will be a little bit different. Well, I come to tell you, there is a difference between worship and praise. Did you hear what I said? I said there is a difference between worship and praise. You do know you can come to the church house, sit on God's seat, suck up God's air, suck up all of God's light, and you do know you can still leave here and not have worshiped God. And you do know you can come to church and you can take the crackers and juice and you can put a tip in the plate and you can bow your head doing prayer. You can mumble doing singing and still go home and ain't show no praise to God. I said there's a difference between worship and praise. You see, we worship God because of who he is. I said we worship God, David, because of who he is. But we praise God because of what he's done. I wish I had some help here. We worship God out of obligation, but we praise God because of opportunity. We worship God to ask him to come into our presence, but we praise God to thank him for being in our presence. We worship God sending up spiritual sacrifice, but we praise God for sending us sacrificial blessings. There is a difference between worship and praise. Yes, my fellow graveyard travelers, if you don't have time to, uh, to, uh, to live for God, you are wasting your time. I said, if you don't have time to live for God, then you are wasting your time. Very briefly from our context, I'm going to show you that our praise to God is equivalent to simply saying thank you. In our text today, Paul declares through his apostolic penmanship that Christ's ministry was designed for both the Jew and the Gentile. In verse number seven, uh, in concluding the question of the relationship of a stronger and weaker Christian, uh, Paul urges both the strong and the weak to accept or receive one another as Christ receives us. That's a good lesson for some of us. It's a good lesson for us to understand there's no big eyes and little use in Christ. There is no Jew 
and there is no Greek in Christ. It doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter where you're going. It doesn't matter how much money you got. You might be rich or you might be poor. You might be white or you might be black. You might be skinny or you may be on the heavy side. It does not matter when you're in Christ because Christ suggests or Paul suggests to us that we ought to receive one another in love in Christ. But then number two, it shows that God gets the glory and God gets the recognition in praise. I said God gets the glory and God gets the recognition in praise. That's why you don't have to worry about pleasing people when you come to church because it's not about people, but it's all about God. In verse number eight and verse number nine, the A part, there are two reasons why Jesus became minister of the circumcision. The word minister simply suggests one who is a helper or servant. It's the same word, that word minister there is the same word that we get our word deacon from. So it's actually like a servant helper. And then the, the word circumcision, it refers to the Jews. Well now in verse number eight, says that God is faithful to his word and that his promise to their, to their forefathers was good. I said God is faithful. That ought to help somebody tonight sleep better. I said God is faithful to his word and that his promise was sure to their forefathers was good. I said that ought to help somebody sleep tonight. I don't know about you, but I've discovered in life that people will let you down. I've discovered in life that people will smile in your face and stab you in your belly. I've come to discover in life that you can't trust people for their word. They will make a promise and call it on their mama's grave and still be lying in your face. But aren't you glad that Paul shows us and that he reminds us that to know God is to know that you don't have to have a prenuptial agreement with God. To know God is to know that you don't have to have a contract signed with God to bind him to his word. To know God, isn't it good to know that that you don't need eyewitnesses to be your witness to validate a promise from God. God keeps his promise. Am I right about it? Oh, I wish I had some real promise keepers in here. God keeps his promise. Turn to somebody and tell them God keeps his promise. Now here, here is where the praise police lose their authority. Look at the A part of verse number nine. The Bible says, and that the Gentiles, the ethnos, might glorify God for his mercy. Now the word might there, it is the past tense of may. Used to express, watch this, used to express possibility. Used to express probability. It's used to express permission in the past. It's used to express a higher degree or a deference or a politeness that may ought or should. Now watch this. Wait a minute. In the B part of verse number nine, Paul begins to quote the words of David 
from the Old Testament. Now I want you to look at the comparison here. As Paul writes here in Romans 15 and 9, but he does not write, Sister Clara, of his own words. He's actually quoting the Old Testament. He's quoting Psalms. Uh, the division is 18. In verse number 49, Paul said, as it is written, watch this now. I want you to see the parallelism. He says, for this cause, I will, watch this, watch his words. He says, I will confess to thee among the Gentiles and sing unto thy name. Now watch this, watch the parallelism. Paul said, he says, I will confess in Romans 15, 9. But David said in Psalms 18, 49, which he's quoting, I will give thanks. Paul says in Romans 15, I'm going to confess among the Gentiles. But watch what David says. I'm going to confess or give praise among the heathen. Now, wait a minute. The word of God is about to upset somebody's theology. It's about to make some folk mad up in here. Now, I told you from the beginning that I know the argument that some uh, brothers are making concerning clapping hands and getting excited in church. Now, the translator of the Greek text used the word confess. Let me hear you say confess. Ex omlogio is the word. Ex omlogio is the Greek word for confess. And it means to agree fully. Watch this. Watch this. To give praise or glory to. It also means to glorify. Watch this. It also means to externalize that which is already on the inside. Watch this now. To externalize that which is already on the inside. But now since we know that Paul was quoting David. And David's original words were, will I give thanks unto the Lord? The word thanks from the Hebrew is the word yada. Let me hear you say yada. It's a primitive root word used only as a denominative nature. And it's given from the Hebrew word yad. And it literally means to use or hold out the hand, especially to revere or worship with extended hands, even suggesting the wringing of the hands. Well, Miles, then what is the message here then? Paul says, God is faithful. He is trustworthy. In verse number eight, I'm trying to show you why you don't let nobody determine your praise for God. He says God is faithful, not you. My praise has nothing to do with you. So if my praise has nothing to do with you, you don't dictate my praise. Uh, listen, he says God is faithful. Or trustworthy. We the Gentiles. Watch this. Here's what Paul is saying. We the Gentiles then. Have permission. To glorify. Or to praise. God. Watch this. We have permission. The Gentiles. 
to externalize our gratitude by word and by deed. Well, that brings me to my next thought. I think I understand now why some folk, Jay, are fighting against high praise. Hello? Because see, glorify doesn't mean to just say thank you. Glorify doesn't mean to just say amen. The word glorify comes from the word which means high praise. I believe that they have forgotten, Sister Iris, the reason why some folk fight against praise, the reason why some folk look at Sister Clara when she stands up and shout hallelujah, the reason why some folk cringe when they hear other people shouting, the reason why some folk say it doesn't take all of that because I'm telling you, I believe they have forgotten that they got something to be thankful for. I believe they've forgotten where they were yesterday. Oh, don't you look at me like I'm crazy. You know what I'm talking about. Today you're sitting in the church house. Yesterday you were partying in the clubhouse. Today you're in the Lord's house. Yesterday you were in the casino. Today you're in God's house. Yesterday you were in the playhouse. You know what I'm talking about. I think some folk done forgot where God has brought them from. I think some folk forget to praise because some folk have forgotten about the foreign country that they used to dwell in yesterday. They've forgotten whose sons and daughters they were yesterday. They've forgotten that they were sheep without a shepherd, that they were children without the inheritance of God. We've forgotten that we were a nation impoverished and enslaved by sin. We forgot, I wish I had some help in here. We've forgotten that we were people without a leader. We've forgotten that we were sinners without a savior. But when you remember how God has kept you, when you remember how he's brought you through danger seen and unseen, when you remember how he's brought your son back home out of jail, how he brought your daughter off of the street corner, when you know that you know that you know that it was only God who keeps you, who protects you, who blesses you he is not just the giver of life but he is the preserver I wish I had some help he's the preserver of life he's the one who keeps your heart beating he's the one who has given you sight he's the one I wish I had some help he's the one that put food on your table clothes on your back shoes on your feet keeps the death angel back not because you so good but because he is God he is God and he is worthy of our praise. I'm trying to make somebody see this. I said, I'm trying to make you see it. While folk have forgotten to give God high praise, they forgot they were incomplete without God. I said, we've forgotten that we were incomplete like God. If I want to make the child see it, I'll tell them that we were like peanut butter without jelly. <laughs> If I wanted to make the cook see it, I would remind them we were like salt without pepper. If I wanted to make mama see it, I would tell them we were like greens without ham hocks, turkey necks, or pigtails. If I wanted grandmama to see it, I would tell them we were like pot liquor without cornbread. I wish I had some help in here. If I wanted the new converts to see it, I would tell them we were like gin without juice, Hennessy without 
without coke. Y'all know what I'm talking about. If I wanted the smokers to see it, I would tell them we would like an empty pack of cigarettes after a good meal. If I wanted the fishermen to see it, I would tell them we would like a fish pole without a line and a hook. Yes, without God, we are incomplete. I believe the only reason, the only reason why you feel or fail to give God high praise is because we fail to realize what God has done for us in our lives. Look back now as I hasten to a close. Look back at verse number nine of our text. Paul said that the Gentiles might glorify God. I'm closing, church. He said that they might glorify God. For what, Paul? Glorify God for his mercy. The word glorify simply means to give glory, honor, or high praise. The word mercy comes from the word eleos. Let me hear you say eleos. It's a special and immediate regard to the misery which is the consequence of our sin. I'm trying to tell you what mercy is. His benevolent pity for the misery brought about by our own sins. I'm trying to tell you what mercy is. It's God's pitying. Love precedes his saving grace and continues to be actively demonstrated after the work of his saving grace. I'm trying to tell you what his mercy is. For example, there may be certain consequences of our past sinfulness. I said there might be some circumstances of our past sinfulness which grace may not eliminate. For this, we need God's mercy. You see, there's some things grace cannot take away. There's something grace cannot erase or eliminate. And for these reasons, we need the mercy, the sufficient, unending mercy, unmatchless mercy of the master. You see, mercy alleviates the consequences of our sins. I'm trying to give you something to shout about. I said mercy alleviates, alleviates the consequences of our sins. For example, a single young lady becomes pregnant and the daddy is nowhere to be found. I wish I had some help in here. She becomes in the family way and has a beautiful baby. It's God's grace that forgives her for the sin. I said it's God's grace that forgives. I don't care whether you like it or not. I don't care if you get in your corner and want to talk about something somebody's child. She done had a baby out of wedlock. She might have had the baby out of wedlock. But the question is, have you had sex out of wedlock? Yeah, some folk just know how to do it better. The only reason you didn't get pregnant, because you knew how to do it better you knew how to do it better some folk are slicker than other folk somebody know the lick a little better than other folk some i wish i had some help here but i said it's grace that forgives her of her sin but 
God. It's the mercy of God that helps her take care of that baby. Oh, I feel some preaching coming on here. That's why you don't need the song leader to sing your song to get you ready to praise. That's why you don't need a prayer warrior to pray a fervent prayer to get you ready to praise. That's why you don't need a preacher to preach a fiery sermon to get you ready to praise. That's why you don't need pew packers to get your praise on when you know what you know and you know God for yourself. You don't need nobody to push God will pull you for praise when you know it was God that brought you in this world. When you know it was God that breathed breath in your body. When you know it was God that have brought you through danger seen and unseen. When you know it was God that when the devil set a stumbling block, God's turned it into a stepping stone. He meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. He meant it to Treat trap you, but God meant it to exalt you. He meant it to give you a problem, but God meant it to promote you. God keeps you because you are His own. Can't nobody do you like God. Can't nobody do you like Jesus. You better learn how to open your mouth up and give Him some praise when He wakes you up in the morning. Cause some folk got eyes, but they cannot see. Some folk got legs and they cannot walk. Some folk got tongues and they cannot talk. Some folk have bodies, can't dress themselves. When God gives you a power to dress your own self, clean yourself up, you better learn how to give them some praise. When you sit down, I don't care if you're eating hot dogs and pork and beans. It's better than eating dirt and drinking muddy water. Preach, Miles, I think I will. Whatever God do for you, you better learn how to say thank you because one of these days, he just might change his mind. You know, you can't grieve the Holy Spirit and you can't make God jealous. Keep on putting stuff in front of him. Keep on putting other gods in front of him. One of these days, he might wake up, take away your house, take away your car, take away your bed, take away your clothes, take away your legs, take away your eyes. Keep on shaking a fist of rebellion in God's face and he just might get angry enough to allow you to feel his wrath. Who do you think you are? Who you think you are choosing when you want to come to church? Who do you think you are choosing when you want to praise God? Who do you think you are deciding what you want to do for God? What did he say to Job? Where were you when I stretched out the foundation of the world? God said, if I was hungry, I wouldn't ask you for nothing. Who could feed a God like our God? Where were you when I hung the stars and the moon? Where were you? You better learn God for yourself. And don't you let no dusty-eyed, pants-leg-wearing, putting one shoe on at a time man tell you that it don't take all that. When that same lion wonder when that same hypocrite will go to his child's basketball game or football game or, or soccer game and shout all over the place, buy their t-shirts, 
put their son picture on the front and name on the back. Buy him all kind of extra equipment. Put him in training. Just a holler and shout for a sport. But when they come to the Lord, that hypocrite, hypocrite, and sinner, and liar is the first one to say, it don't take all of that. What a hypocrite. Turn to somebody and tell them, don't be a hypocrite. Now turn to somebody and tell them, give God the glory. Give God the praise while you got time. Because one of these days is going to be too late. You better praise him while he's your savior. Because one of these days, you're going to stand before him and he's going to be your judge. I remember a story that's told of a young man. A young man who had got a nice fast car. And that young man was tearing the roads up. He was tearing the roads up and fooled around and he got several tickets. And, and that young man uh, went to the courts and, and the young man stood before the judge and he pleaded his case and, and, and the judge, uh, the attorney that he had was by his side and pleading his case for him and, and he got him off without any fines. He shook his hand and said, young man, change your ways before it's too late. He went on out there just like we do, forgot all about what the attorney said. Went out there this time, and he not only ran a light, but he hit somebody, and he, and he, and he injured the individual severely. And when he got to the court, he walked in, had a different attorney, but he looked on the bench, and he recognized the man who was sitting on the bench uh, was the man who represented him as his attorney. He said to himself, oh, I know I got it made. Oh, I know I got it made now. Because this is the same attorney that got me off the first time. When the court started and he pleaded his case and the judge slammed the gavel, he says, guilty as charged. The young man said, your honor, may I please approach the bench? He said, you may. He came to the bench. He said, Your Honor, don't you remember me? I'm that young man that you helped get off the last time I had all of those fines facing me. He said, son, the only difference is now. Then I was your attorney, but today I'm your judge. You better praise God while he is your advocate. You better praise God while he's your pleading attorney. Because one of these days, you're going to face him as your judge. And he will no longer be there to help you get an acquittal. But he'll be there to enforce the law. So come on and enjoy his grace today. Come on and enjoy his mercy today. If you are not a child of God, you cannot enjoy God's grace. And you cannot enjoy the benefits of his mercy. Oh yes, he declares in his word that his blessings are going to rain and fall upon the just and the unjust. But the favor, the grace and mercy of God, only the children of God enjoy. And Paul says, Paul said here, that it's in Christ. Now, how do you get in Christ? Well, friends, you cannot pray your way into Christ. 
I know that's what Joel Osteen says, but notice Joel Osteen don't give you no Bible for it. I know that's what Joyce Meyer said, but notice she doesn't give you any Bible for it. I know that's what Creflo and all those other boys say, but they don't give you no Bible. You know why they don't give you no Bible? Because it ain't in the Bible. Now, Paul says in Romans 15 that this grace and mercy is in Christ. Now, how did you get in Christ? Galatians 3.27, Paul says, For as many of you have been baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. Well, Brother Miles, why is it then that these men and these women are lying and telling folk to pray? That's because they have lost their way. They have lost their way. Paul said in 2 Timothy 4, he said the time will come when men will not endure sound doctrine, but they will heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. If you're going to be saved, you must hear God's word, Mark 12, 29. You must believe it, Hebrews 11 and 6, because the Bible said without faith, you cannot please God. Faith comes by hearing, Romans 10, 17, and hearing by the word of God. You must confess Christ to be the Son of God, Matthew 10, 32 and 33, and then be buried in the water of the grave of baptism for the remission of his sins, Galatians 3, 27, Romans 6 and 4, Acts 2, 38, 1 Peter 3, 21. The Bible said baptism doth also now save us. Then John the Revelator says in Revelations 2 and verse number 10, if you live faithful unto death, you receive a crown of life that shall never fade away. Now, what you need to do, we're going to stand right now, and we're going to sing a song. We call this song the invitation song. We're going to stand right now. And we're going to sing this song. It's called the Invitation Song. And we 